Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The title of today's message is Cause and Effect. You know, and I'm, I'm just going to pray and let the Holy Spirit lead me to where he needs to lead me. He knows your needs. And I believe he's going to meet that need today. I know that there's a word for your heart to encourage you to the next step of faith. To the next place God wants to take you into. So Father God, I just come before you. I say thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word because it is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. And you're lighting up the darkness. You're making a way where there was no way. Even in the land of impossibilities, the, the, the things we thought we could never overcome. Thank you, God, because through you, Christ Jesus, we overcome. We are made more than champions through you, my God. All things are possible for us. And we will cross to the other side. We're going to cross to the Red Sea. And we're coming out dry. We're coming out full of glory. You're turning our deserts into gardens. You're turning our graves into life. And we say thank you for the work you've begun in us. And the very good work you began in us, you are faithful to complete it. So even now in the process, we say thank you because we know one thing. You're faithful to complete it. You're going to finish this work in every single one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, the title is uh, Cause and Effect. And he was literally dropping this into me like this morning as I was in the office, and cause. I'm going to start with the word cause. The word cause is a person or thing, something that acts, happens, or exists in such a way that some specific thing happens as a result. That's the cause. Something that brings a, another result into your life, which is the effect, right? Um, effect means something that is produced by an agency or a cause. So effect is a result and or a consequence. Many times we come to the Lord and we hear it a lot. Oh, Jesus wants to heal your pain, right? And that is such a superficial level. He wants to heal your pain. Jesus doesn't want to heal your pain. Jesus wants to heal the thing that is causing you pain. Jesus is ready to go deeper with you if you allow him. Jesus wants transparency. Jesus wants vulnerability from you because Jesus is ready to go a little bit deeper. I see Jesus with a drill. He's going to build a house. But you know, before you build a house, you need some pipes. You need to go into the foundation. You need to make sure that it's a firm foundation. For too long, we've been taking painkillers. And we've been addressing the pain, but we keep having pain. You know why you keep having pain? Because you haven't addressed the cause. You've been addressing the effect, but you haven't been addressing the cause. You've been getting rid of the effect, but you haven't gotten rid of the cause. So you keep stumbling in the same situation. You keep going through the same frustration. You keep getting treated. It don't matter where you go. You keep getting treated the same way. You broke up with that one, and you started a relationship with that one, and they did the same thing. And then you broke up with that one, and you go to that one. Or maybe you went to this church, and they did that thing. And you walked away, and then eventually you went to another church, and then they did that thing again. And then you left that church, and you've been blaming everybody except the cause. You, you're the cause. 
you've been holding to the cause. So everywhere you go, you've been dealing with the same situation over and over and over again. And it's like, it don't matter where you go, you're stuck in the same situation. You can move to a different state and you'll be stuck in the same situation. It's like, well, if I pack my bags and I move away, which is usually my issue, I have a problem. I want to pack up and leave. And I was like that back in uh, October, November. I was going through some serious stuff. I was having anxiety. I was getting frustrated with everybody. And I'm just going to pack up and leave, pack up and leave. And I heard the voice of the Lord. Where you go, it will follow. Because if I treat the effect and I don't treat the cause, I'm still going to be hanging around that cause. And it's going to torment me. So since... October, November, I started going through really deep layers of healing with the Lord. To the point they threw me to the ground. To the point I was in the hospital, right, Wally? Wally was with me both times. I mean, it was such a horrible anxiety attack that I was shaking and twitching. I thought I was going to die. That's how horrible these things could be. But I said, Lord, I want your healing. What is this? And the Lord began to use his prophets to reveal the deep layers that I was like, what are they even talking about? That's some deep, some early death trauma in your family's genealogy. Like, what? How do I, what, what, what does that even mean? Oh, yeah, God's going to heal you from some early death experience in the genealogy of your family. You were chosen to break a curse. What does that even mean? And the Lord began to take me gently step by step, month by month, going deeper into those layers. And then he used somebody because I needed to forgive. I needed to forgive a murder in my family from the 60s that, that was so close. But when I heard of that, I carried fear for 40 years in my life. So I was taking medication. I was going to the doctor. I lost weight. I've been doing all these things because, you know, I want to take care of my physical body and I want to make sure I don't have high blood pressure, anxiety. But then I'm still getting the shakes. And I was like, why? It, and then God started revealing that it was spiritual. There was a cause. I had an effect of a cause, of a trauma. And God is ready to heal the pain. Not the pain, but the cause of that pain. We don't want to take, it's almost like putting a Band-Aid on a wound. It's going to infect. If let's say you get stabbed or you have a piece of shrapnel into your skin it hurts right but a lot of us get used to that pain so we refuse to go to the doctor because we know it's going to hurt more for them to pull it out so we choose to walk with that wound in our with that wound that piece of shrapnel that word whatever's in our heart that betrayal that trauma we've been having it in our heart all these years and for years God you know God been trying to take it out you're just like ah it hurts can't right and we've been trying to escape God. it's almost like my dog he get he will get fleas he hates the bath right <laughs> he hates the bath but the bath was not the enemy he couldn't understand that the fleas were his enemy you know we got to kill those fleas we got to give him an injection I mean he'll like foam at the mouth when I even take him to the doctor <laughs> like he knows I gotta muzzle him up he's little but he'll fight for that injection but he needs that injection and sometimes we need the injection of the Lord to get into the infected area of our lives so it can heal. So you could just permanently get rid of the pain. If you treat the pain, 
but you don't treat the cause, you're still going to go through pain. It might calm down today, but tomorrow you're going to have to pop that pill again. And then you, and, and all of a sudden you become addicted. And there's people that are addicted even to church. But it's only when I go to church I feel peace. If you come to church and you only feel peace here, but when you go home your life is in chaos, we have a problem. We have a problem. If you could only worship when I'm worshiping, you have a big problem. God's about to take you out of my life just so you can learn how to worship on your own. Because you're not supposed to survive on the anointing of my life. You're not supposed to survive on my prayer life. You're not supposed to survive on my worship life. you got to survive in your intimacy with Jesus. you got to learn how to go deep with the Lord. And you got to allow your heart to open up so he can work. Were you hurt in the past? Were you hurt in that ministry? Yes, you were hurt. But it's time you let it go. Just a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago I said it. You've been idolizing your old pastor. He's been your idol and you don't even know it. That ex-husband has been your idol and you don't even know it. That old church is your idol and you don't even know it. How? This is right. The moment they hurt you, you stop worshiping. The moment they betrayed you, you turn your back to God. God didn't hurt you, but yet God is dealing with the consequence of their hurt. No, that's an idol. Anything that will pull you away from God is an idol. I know it's hard to talk about it. People don't want to talk about idols. We have idols in our lives, and the idols must come crumbling down in the name of Jesus. Anything and everything that is stopping you from the presence of God, anything and everything that is stopping you from the destiny of God must fall. Must fall. And it starts with recognizing, oh, me, I've had idols. I idolized those pastors for so long that all I did was talk about the church hurt and talk about the church hurt. And they hurt me and they betrayed me. And I'm not going to preach and I'm not going to teach and I'm not going to go nowhere because nobody believes me. Excuse me, Abraham, says the Lord. They were not called to believe in you. They were called to believe in me. You're just a messenger. But you stopped giving the message. So you're being disobedient to God because somebody didn't like you. I know, right? It's rough. Whoa. But guess why I could preach this? Because it's my story. It's just my, I'm just speaking aloud to Abraham and you get to hear it. If it's for you, good. If it's not good, there surely is for me, right? But God began to transform my life. I'm going through crazy stuff. I told Jesus, I must more. He's like, keep pushing. Keep pushing. He's, he's refining us in the fire. The word of the Lord says that faith, just like gold, needs to be tested through the fire. Everybody wants the Holy Ghost and fire. Everybody wants to go shanda, handa, rebo, she, rababa, he, 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 ha, ha, ha. Hey, tickle, 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 run, run, run. We call that fire. Let me tell you something. That's just the heat. <laughs> that's just the heat. Let me tell you, that's just the warmth that's coming from the fire. Nobody's in the fire laughing. <laughs> Nobody. No. Outside the fire, you get your little marshmallow. Yes, let's roast some marshmallows. Woohoo, this tastes good. Oh, it's so cold right here and yet so warm here. Get a little closer. <laughs> I dare you to get a little closer. <laughs> How about you jump in the fire and let the fire purge you. Let the fire refine you. Let the fire have its way. Become one with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but it's hurting because it's healing. You've been hurting this whole time. You've just been used to the pain. You've been used to the abuse. You've been used to the rejection. But God is saying, get in my fire. Go ahead. It's like going to the dentist. You have a toothache. 
And they're like, you need a root canal. We need to pull that tooth out. No, that's going to hurt more. Well, you either pull it out or you continue with the infection. Or you continue popping pills. And you continue this vicious cycle called insanity. It's your time to choose. Choose today who you're going to serve. Do you want your deliverance or not? Do you want your freedom or not? God has a plan in your, for your life. And his plans are not to harm you. Just like the doctor. The doctor don't want to harm you. The doctor wants to heal you. But are you going to obey the doctor? Jesus is the doctor. He said the healed don't need me. The sick need me. He came to heal the sick. By his stripes you are healed. He's the doctor. And he's trying to heal you. You've been carrying burdens. And you've adapted yourself to the pain. I'll just, I'll just do this little worship song and I'll be okay till next week. I'm just going to do this and I'll be okay. Do you not understand that you have a calling? Do you not understand that you are full of a destiny and a purpose from behalf of God? He knows the plans that he has for you. The word of God says that as much as sand is there is in the beach, as many stars as there in heaven, more are the thoughts that God has about you. He's not just going, oh, she's so pretty. Oh, she's so cute. That's not God's plans and thoughts about you. He thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're to die for. But when God looks at you, he says, that is my queen. And I am going to put her over the nations. That is my prophet. And I've put a sword in her mouth. And she will speak the word to the nations. That is my pastor. And he will shepherd my people. That is my servant. And I'm taking him across the world to evangelize to the nations of the world. I am putting a boldness on you. These are the thoughts that God has about you. He's not like, oh, I just want you to live a pretty little life. That's not his plans for you. It's not a pretty little life. It's glory. It's glory. You are a carrier of the glory of God. And everywhere you go, the light shines. Everywhere you go, people's lives are transformed. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. To be an ambassador, you must be a soldier. You must stand so close with the king. You must know the king's heart. So now he'll give you that nation. And he'll say, go to that nation and tell that nation what I say. And then you faithfully go to that nation. And you say, thus says the Lord. But in order for God to send you, he has to heal you. He doesn't want you walking around with that old pain, with that old trauma. And like I said before, he ain't just trying to get rid of the pain. He's trying to get rid of the reason that you have pain. Pain is your friend. Oh, Lord, just take this pain away. No, I want to take the cause away. What is causing you the pain? That's what I want to take away. Pain is your friend. Pain is trying to tell you there's something wrong in your body. You're hanging around people and you get home frustrated. You shouldn't be hanging around those people no more. Trust the pain. Pain is trying to tell you, stop it. Oh, I ate that burger and I feel nauseous. My stomach hurts. Stop eating the burger. Stop eating the burger. Trust your body. Right, Juliana? Trust your body. Trust your body. I've been losing that good, girl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I went from 38 ways to 32 ways. Thank you, Juliana. It works. It works. We've been adapted to bad eating. Right? So when we eat the good stuff, it makes us sick. Let the good stuff make you sick. It's only purging you. It's only removing the gunk that doesn't belong there. You've been in boring church your whole life. And now you go to a revived church. Oh, no, they're weird. I feel strange. Yeah, come on. Get strange, baby. Get strange. Get those shackles off of you already. Oh, that joy is weird. You need some joy. That's why you're miserable. Come over here. He's trying to set you free from depression and anxiety and suicide and death. This is the God that I serve. I never. Come on. 
guys, I shouldn't be preaching like this. I was the guy in the, I was the, guy in the club. I was the guy that churches didn't want. I was the, people, I was the person that everybody's like, I hate you. God can never save somebody like you. And now I'm preaching holiness. Like, this is holiness. I'm sorry, but this is real holiness. Holiness is not what you're wearing. Holiness is what's inside of you. It's what's burning in you, that holy fire of God that's burning and purging and refining. And we keep going. I need more. I need more. And the more you find, the more you want. And the deeper you go with God, the deeper you want to go. Because God is an eternal, endless God. You could walk inside God forever. And the Bible says that his mercies are new every day. We're going from glory to glory. I don't know, but I'm excited about those moments. I'm like, yes, we're just starting to discover now. One day, I don't even know how much better it could get. I just know it does. I was in heaven in my dreams last night. I don't know why I was hanging out with Justin Paul Abraham, and he took me to his mansion last night. I don't know why. I'm like, wow. I woke up laughing at 6.30 in the morning. Like, no, don't let me wake up. And then I'm like, boop, back in my room. I'm like, God, one of these days I'm going to stay up there. You know? I was going through a river, and all the people were sitting on the river like a conveyor belt. But it was a river. And we're all just sitting on the river floating on top of the water and being taken. And then there was like a little stream, and I went by myself. <laughs> Ended up in Justin Paul's Abraham's house in heaven. I'm like, wow, your mansion's really big. <laughs> it was like a, a big musical, uh, like a music box, but gigantic. And we were like jumping on the gears <laughs> and riding all the way up. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Anyways, God wants to heal you. Because God wants to put you as an example before the nations. He saw David when David was forgotten and broken. And he took the rejected guy, the one that nobody wanted. His own family. Come on, that's some messed up stuff. They're about to annoy my children, but you, get out. <laughs> like, thanks, dad. Like, David was the son of his shame. <laughs> like, literally. You know, my parents would be like, yeah, we're going to have Thanksgiving, but you're going to go take care of the dog. <laughs> like. Talk about <laughs> issues in your heart. <laughs> like, I know. I went through stuff like that. I forgave them. <laughs> but we've been through trauma. And God wants to heal that trauma so you can forgive your family. You can forgive your friends. You can forgive your exes. You can forgive your old church. You can forgive your old pastor. And then you start walking in this freedom. They're going to think you're crazy. I promise you. My old pastors think I'm nuts. I went to their church. like, you did a good job, bro. They're like, what? He's going to kill us. He's out. He must have a gun. I'm telling you, I saw it in their faces. God said, you're going to go back to your old church. It's been 10 years. Yeah, you're going to walk right up there, and you're going to go give them a hug. They'll kill me. He's like, I'm with you. You make it to heaven anyways. I'm like, Lord, it, what am I supposed to say? You're going to tell them three things. You're going to say, I love you. You're going to say, I'm sorry. And then you're going to say, good job. You did a great job. Thank you. And they thought I was nuts. Good job, but for what? Well, what happened was you made me cry. I said, like, you made me cry. But the Lord said in his word, cry out to me, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you did not know. I said, like, you did such a good job making me cry that the Lord answered. I saw the glory of the Lord. Oh, my God, you're amazing. Give me a high five. They're like, you're crazy. I was like, yeah, and by the way, you're going to sit in front of me in heaven. Because he took me to heaven. He showed me the table. And I'm like, what? That's what it means? The Lord prepares a table in presence of your enemies. And they makes it seem like they're all going to stand there and starve. And you're just eating a buffet by yourself. No, that's not God. 
that is not my God. God loves your enemies just as much as he loves you. The brother that betrayed you, the friend that backstabbed you, the father that molested you, the mother that abandoned you, God loves them as much as he loves you. Deal with it. Yep, that's right. He loves them. He died for them just like he died for you. And just like they are his enemy, you are his enemy. And just like he saved you when you were his enemy, he's going to save them. And that's our job, to intercede for the ones that hurt us. This is the true gospel. I promise you this is the true gospel. And he showed me the table. And I was sitting at the table. And then all the people that hurt me were in front of me. And he's like, give them bread. <laughs> Like, oh, give them wine. Serve the ones that hurt you. I'm like, oh, my God, we got it so wrong. We have it so wrong on earth. And he's like, well, you're going to preach this. So you see, praise God that I had enemies. I, I needed some enemies that were going to make me cry, that were going to make me suffer. I needed some enemies that were going to hit me on the back of my knees and make me fall down and teach me that I needed God. I needed some parents that were going to abandon me. You know why? Because I needed to learn Psalm 27 where it says, even when your mother and your father will forsake you, I will raise you up. There's things. You think your enemies are your enemies and your enemies are your best teachers. You're, they are teaching you the best secrets of God. They're teaching you how to cry. And then when the Lord sees your tears, he gets to wipe them away. And now you experience the touch of the Lord. They haven't experienced the touch of the Lord. But because you had some enemies that made you cry and you shed some tears, he touched your face. And he spoke to your ear. And he comforted you in his arms. Because you had nowhere else to go. Other people have people to go to so they can't experience the comfort of the Lord. But you had nobody. You had nowhere to go. So the Lord took you in his arms. And the Lord brought you to a place that you didn't know. And the Lord began to reveal his word in such a sweet way. That you're like, whoa. And then you go back and you're like, guys, man, you guys are awesome. You guys did a good job. And they're like, you're crazy. Wait until you get to heaven. We're going to sit together at the table. They're like, we hate you, dude. <laughs> like, well, in heaven, you're going to love me. <laughs> and it's real. I'm not, I know it sounds like crazy talk. Well, I promise you, when till we get there? When you see the big table, you're going to be like, Abraham. I was like, I told you so. I always tell people, in heaven, I'm going to say, I told you so. I told you so. I'm only on earth telling people so. Right? The Bible says, let the Redeemer of the Lord say, so. Ha, <laughs> ha, I'm doing it right. <laughs> we're just telling people the goodness of the Father. And we're, we're literally revealing to them that they're forgiven. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And this is how God gets into your heart. I was molested, and God took me to take care of my molester. Literally. And I've seen the life of my molester change. They're no longer my molester. They're a loved one. And I've seen redemption. And I've seen restoration like I never thought. The very secrets I thought I was going to have to die with, I was able to speak them. They have been spoken, guys. I've been able to share the things with the people that I said, I'll never tell this person this and I'll never tell this person that because I don't want them to commit a mistake. But God knew that their hearts were ready to hear the truth. And God needed to reveal that to them so they can also experience forgiveness. And it's beautiful. And I know the enemy doesn't want you to step into those places. Because if you step into that place of healing, you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. 
you will go to the highways and the byways. You'll compel everybody to come. You'll go to the churches and tell them to repent. Something happens into you that some boldness comes over you. You're just like, oh, I don't even know how I just said that. I listen to my own preachers. I'm like, Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, that you gave me a space to even speak that way. The Lord is restoring the church. The Lord is restoring the world. And he needs some willing vessels to be, you know what? Here, Lord, here I am. Send me. It's okay to be vulnerable with the Lord. He wants you to admit your mistake. He wants you to admit your flaws and your issues. Isaiah chapter 6. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the glory of the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And the seraphims, they flew with six wings. With two wings, they were flying. With two wings, they covered their face. And with two wings, they covered their feet. And they cried out, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the earth is full of his glory. He looked down at earth and he saw that the earth was full of his glory. I promise. Because you're up there and then you look down you're like, whoa, it is full of his glory. What were we thinking? We're like, we're waiting for the glory. <laughs> and you don't even know that you're full with the glory. It's not the glory of God that's coming, God. That's, guys, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, and the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. It doesn't say the glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. The whole earth is full of his glory already. It's the knowledge. We have been blinded. And our eyes are slowly opening to see. We're like, oh, guys, look, look. His glory has been here this whole time. We were wearing blindfolds and we couldn't see the glory of God. But the knowledge, knowledge means complete experience. Knowing we're going to know that the earth is full of the glory of God. The glory is already here. Now it's up to you to walk in it. It's up to you to stick your head in that realm. It's up to you to taste it. If you taste, you will see that the Lord is good. You will see that he never left you, that he never forsake you. Even when you were walking through the fire, you did not get burned. You walked through the valley of shadow of death, and you had not to fear because the Lord God Almighty was with you there. You might not feel it because it's not a feeling. It's a knowledge. It starts with faith. But what do you call it after faith is made manifest? It's called knowledge. Faith is the evidence of things you hope for. The things you cannot see. But what happens when you see them? It's no longer called faith. You know what it's called? It's called knowledge. As the kingdom of heaven is manifesting, we're coming into the knowing. We're coming into the I know. I know. I know me and my house are going to serve the Lord. I already saw it in eternity. I already stick my head out of the rabbit hole. And I saw the reality. I'm like, God, you're going to make it. <laughs> persevere until the end because you're going to make it. Because those that persevere until the end, they will obtain the crown of life. So keep going. I know you're tired. I know you're weak. I know you're fatigued. I know you're wasted. But the Lord said, come to me, those that are heavy, burdened, and tired, and I will give you rest. So come into the rest of the Lord. Why you think we're called a resting place? Because his arms are up in this building. Come and rest in Papa's arms. Because you're going to make it. Rest, recharge, renew yourself and keep running. You know why? Because those that wait upon the Lord, they will mount up on wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
It sounds like I'm preaching. I don't feel like I'm preaching. I feel like I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> it's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is a hope. There is a salvation. There is a healing. By his stripes, you are healed. He wants to heal the cause. Now it's up to you to open up your heart and be like, is this. You, there's some things you might not know what they are. But you could just go, Lord, something's wrong. So Lord, let me be honest. I, I don't want to worship. Lord, I feel like giving up. Lord, I like that bad habit. I like it. At least be honest. You know you like it. You wouldn't be turning to it if you didn't like it. It wouldn't be called temptation if you didn't like it. It's only called temptation because you like it. I'm not telling you go do it. I'm telling you admit it. You like that smoke. You like that drink. You like that sex. You like that whatever it is that you're doing. I'm not saying anybody here is doing anything. I'm just saying. You know if you are. <laughs> you know if you have a struggle. You like that gossip. You just like to gossip. It's part of your culture and your tradition. But let me tell you something. God is ready to move your culture and your tradition and give you kingdom. I'm telling you. I know it sounds bold, but I hope, I hope nobody here is feeling shame because I am not preaching with no shame whatsoever. I am preaching in love and in joy and in gentleness and righteousness and peace that surpasses all understanding. But he is your healer. That's what Jesus said because this is Jesus. Isaiah 61, it's not a man talking about himself. It's the sovereign Lord himself saying, this is the Lord Almighty. So Jesus has a Lord, and the Father is his Lord. If you don't know this, read the book of Hebrews, and you'll find out that the Lord appointed him. Let me read Hebrews first. But about his son, he called. So this is God. The prophet is speaking about God, right? He said, and about his son, the Father called him God. So God called Jesus God. This is wild, because people want to have all these garments, arguments, and I'm like, oh, he is God. Hello. <laughs> well, he's not God because the Father and the Son are not one, right? Like people have all these arguments in the streets. Well, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. God anointed Jesus as God. It says, but about his son, he called him God, saying, and this is God. He says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever, and you will rule your kingdom with justice and righteousness, for you have cherished righteousness and detested lawlessness. For this reason, God, your God, <laughs> I read that, I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. For this reason, God, your God has anointed you and poured out oil of bliss on you. Oil of bliss is oil of joy. Listen, more than any of your friends, more than the angels, more than any human being, more than anything in creation, the Son stands supreme before the throne of the Father. And he was given the right to sit at the right hand of the Father. But guess what? Jesus is so awesome and he's so great that he, he prepared a seat for who? For me and for you. And just like the son sits at the right hand of the father, guess who sits at the right hand of the son? We do. Come on. You want to talk about victory? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like one day, but Jesus Christ, I'm excited about it. I can't. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we're like, I'll just sit over here somewhere. I'll sit in the back row in heaven somewhere. He's like, come on, buddy. You get to sit with me and dad. What? I don't even know what that is going to like. I'm going to live and die and then live again. <laughs> be like, wait. 
like, we made it. You don't understand the excitement we're all going to have, right? You're not going to be all proper like a bride going down the aisle like, oh, thank you, Lord. No, no, no. Every single one of you is going to be delirious. We made it. Throw the crown at his feet. Come on, everybody. We all, you know that the ones casting their crowns is us, right? We're all going to be like, oh, my God. We thought we weren't going to make it. Life on earth was hell, but you were faithful. You were good. Oh, my God. We're going to love him forever. We're going to dance and skip and praise. Like, let me tell you, we're not reserved. We're not reserved. So you see how the father has anointed the son. Breathe. I'm just, like, burning up. And look, and then Jesus comes to earth. Jesus is the son of God. And Jesus is God because he was anointed by God to be God. And then he comes in Isaiah 61 and he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. Remember the oil? Oil is spirit, is anointing, is healing, it's joy. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. God anoints him and now he comes to his people. Because every king that is anointed as king has a people. And we are the people. God created you for Jesus. God created you for Jesus. God created you for Jesus, and you and you and you, you belong to Jesus. He is your Lord. He is your author. He is your finisher. He loves you. He's like, oh, I can't wait till they make it and they see this, that I prepare for them. You don't understand the day you go up through those gates, when those doors open up and all those kings and queens. They're going to be royalty. You're not going to be celebrated by peasants. You're going to be celebrated by kings and queens. You're going to walk into a kingdom for the very first time. Like, what? Surprise! Let's take you to your room. Everybody's going to run into your room with you. Because your room is a whole world in there. They'll be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> You're all welcome into my room. It's infinite. Let's go. <laughs> and he goes. This, he comes to his people. And he's telling his people. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. Hebrews is speaking the story of when he got anointed. And now Jesus is coming to the, in the, into the story. He's like, guys, he's anointed me. He poured the oil of joy over me. He poured the oil of bliss over me. He poured the oil of healing over me. The oil of deliverance over me to bring good news to the poor. Guys, there's good news. Let the poor say, I am rich. You're going to move. You were poor. You were peasants on earth. You were broken on earth. You're moving into a kingdom. You have a room in the Father's house. These are the good news. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. He wants to heal your broken heart already. He doesn't want to just stop your pain. He wants to stop the cause of the pain. He wants to get rid of the pain. But even deeper than that, he wants to get rid of that root of torment, that root of bitterness, that root of gluttony, that root of lust, that root of anger. He wants to pull it out. He wants to pull it out. Let him pull it out. Tell him right now, Lord, pull it out. Whatever it is, just pull it out. Come on. Maybe you don't want it. I want it. Pull it out. He's good at it. He's good at pulling it out. And he's good at filling it and causing it to overflow too. He never leaves anything empty. Everything empty he finds, he fills it up with his glory. He's only putting that bitterness out because he's going to give you joy. He's already anointed with oil of bliss. Guess who's going to get some bliss on them? You are. He wants to fill you with the bliss. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim 
captives will be released. He's not speaking. When did Jesus go to a prison and set people out of a prison? No. The disciples did because they started learning. But the reality is he's speaking spirit. Every single one of us has been held captive by something. We've had shackles of sin and slavery. We've been in prison in these gates. And God is opening the doors. The gates of hell should not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Come out, church. That's what he's doing. He's making us come out of the graves. He's making us come out of the pit. Ask David. I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry. And he pulled me out of the miry pit I was in. Ask Lazarus. I was dead. Lazarus, come forth. It's what he does. He brings people out of the pit. And prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those that mourn. Have you been crying because of your pain? Have you been suffering because of that cause? Well, he says, I've been sent to tell those that mourn that the time of the Lord favor has come. The favor of God is upon your life and you don't even know it. The enemy's been accusing you, shaming you, putting you down. But the time has come for the favor of the Lord. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. It's the anger of God is not against you. The anger of God is against that depression, that death, that lust, that gluttony, that perversion, that wrath and anger and bitterness, that religion that has come against you, that slavery that's come against you and kept you bound, those demons and devils that kept you bound, those fallen angels that kept you bound. The anger of the Lord is against them. Like you messed with my kids, you messed with me. He's not angry at you. We've been thinking he was talking against us. He's not been talking against you. He's been speaking for you. He died for you. He took the place for you to defeat sin, death, and grave. That's why he rose from the grave. He said, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Nowhere to be found. Because hell, grave, hell, Satan, all of those things darkness defeated in the name of Jesus. The darkness flees from the light of the Lord. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown. Listen, you see how this word is also eternal? Not just temporary, not just for the moment. It's eternal. For all of those in Israel. We are Israel, by the way. We are Israel. We were the Jacobs. We were the thieves, we were the liars, we were the deceivers, but he had mercy on us. And he changed our name from Jacob to Israel. Princely people, we're a princely people. Wait until we're in heaven and we see each other's garments. You're going to laugh so hard. You're going to be like, Abraham was really telling us the whole time. It was so hard to understand what he was saying. And I'm going to be like, da, 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 da. you think I'm playing? I'm not playing. I'm not even playing. I'm so excited. I almost, I know some, some people might watch me be like, he's on drugs. He has to be on drugs. I'm not on drugs. I'm on Jesus. Jesus is better than any drug. I promise. If you let him take you into a glory experience, if you allow him to begin to heal you, all that junk out, you're like, at first it's just you. You know when you're bloated because you eat a lot of trash? You're just like. And then you get rid of all that gunk and you're like, oh my God, I feel so great. 
is the same way in the spirit. God has been cleansing us, removing the gunk little by little. Stop rushing him. He knows how he's doing the work. He knows how he's working you out. Stop. Don't go into despair. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not what I want to be, but I'm definitely not what I used to be. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting. And look where he's brought you from. Remember, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. These are the things coming to you guys, so you got to get excited, even in the storm. My mom is still in the hospital, by the way. On earth, she's in the hospital. Oh, but in heaven, she's such a queen. She has such a beautiful garden. And the Lord has dressed her in glory, so I cannot fear what I see on earth. i got to keep seeing her in heaven. I'll be like, Lord, I don't know what it's going to look like on earth. And on earth, it does scare me. But at the same time, when I look in heaven and I see her in heaven, how to praise God because death can't touch her pain can't touch her disease can't touch her depression can't touch her anxiety can't touch her on earth we go through ups and downs but in heaven is glory to glory to glory is a constant incline and never a drop it's a roller coaster that only goes up so let's go let your will be done, Father. And it takes a lot to even get into that place when you see your loved ones hurting. But the fact that God's been preparing, that God's put leaders and people that have gone through it that could come for me even now, building my courage, gently building me up. And one day, I'm gonna, when I go through what I got to go through, I'm going to have to build you up because this is how it works. And then we go, wow, the thing that I suffered so much became a blessing for somebody else. Amen? And I'm almost done, guy. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. A festive praise. Do you see the kingdom? You see the gates opening up? Here he comes with the crown. He's like, come on, joyous celebration. Festive praise. <laughs> instead of despair. We're leaving all those old things behind. In their righteousness, they will be like oak trees. <laughs> That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 55, it says, and the trees will join in the parade. <laughs> it's us marching into the kingdom of heaven like that. I can't believe I made it, but I made it. Let's go. <laughs> Don't even look back. Don't even look back at the door. Run into your throne room. Lock the door to your room and never come out. <laughs> never leave the mansion ever again. <laughs> Just go in the mansion. Lock the door. Don't Listen to no lies and leave the kingdom ever again. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to make it there. <laughs> I mean, I'm already there, but you know what I mean. Stay there. <laughs> Lord, Yahweh is my revelation light and the source of my salvation. I fear no one. I will never turn back and run from you, Yahweh. Keep going to the Lord surround me and protect me when the evil one comes to destroy me they will be the ones to turn back amen the enemy comes to torment you they're turning back but you're going forward in the name of Jesus my heart will not fear even if an army rises to attack I will not be shaken even if war is imminent here's the one thing I crave from Yahweh the one thing I seek above all else and it's not to come to church that's not what he's talking about. This man, this man like opened the gate to heaven and he looked in there. I'm telling you, the prophet saw eternity. And that's why he wrote this. He's like, oh, there's one thing I crave from Yahweh. I want to live with him every moment in his house. We can't be in church all the time. His house is eternal. We can't wait. Isn't that our goal? To be home with him 
And that was the prophet's goal as well. I can't wait to be at home with the Lord. Beholding the marvelous beauty of Yahweh. Filled with awe. Delighting in his glory and grace. I want to contemplate him in his temple. The, in the day of trouble, he will treasure me in his shelter under the cover of his tent. You could be going through trials here on earth. But enter the presence of God. You could be in your room crying, and in one moment, God will bring you right into his presence. You'd be like, whoa, guys, I was in the presence of God, right? That his presence is our shelter. We're still on earth, but it doesn't mean you don't have access to heaven. You have access to heaven. You have access to the Father. You have access to Jesus. Just be like, Holy Spirit, you said you were going to lead me to all truth, and I'm going through a trial. Lead me to the truth. His name is Jesus. And you watch the Holy Spirit just lead you to the presence of Jesus. Go, get a hug real quick. I've had dreams like that where I jumped into the clouds, and I'm like, I made it. They're like, no, you didn't make it. I was like, what? They're like, you're not done yet. Jesus saw that you're tired on earth, and he brought you up for a little bit so you could get refreshed. But then you got to go back. And I'm like, man, I got to jump back down there. And then I just like, whoops. and then I'm, I wake up. I'm like, oh, my God, how does that happen? But it happens. So I pray that glory upon you guys. I pray that when you go to sleep, you have heavenly dreams. Even when you're going through the hard times of life. He said in this world, you will have afflictions. But be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. So I pray the comfort of the Lord as you go through the desert. As you go through the trial. I pray that the word of God just starts flowing from your belly. That your mind will be consumed with the promises of the Father. That they will just come to remembrance. That you will see the hope and glory. That the holy boldness of the Holy Spirit will come upon you like a roaring lion. That the flames of the Holy Spirit will just make you right. That the mighty rushing winds will blow upon you like a mighty storm. And even when you were afraid of being killed, all of a sudden you're speaking in tongues and releasing the truth of heaven. I pray that from your belly, rivers of mighty waters will flow. That everywhere you go, there will be an overflow. That people will get drunk with the presence of God. That people will experience a hope in our salvation. That the chains will fall off. That depression will fall off. That suicide will fall off. That loss will fall off. That holiness will get on people. That joy will get on people. That peace will get on people. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, I decree and declare the word of the Lord, and it will not turn back void. For everything that comes out of the mouth of God, it shall come to pass. And it's time and in its season, you are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. And the good work he began in you, he is faithful to complete it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Woo. Ha ha. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> freedom in the house of God freedom in the people of God freedom in the temple of God power and authority over the kings and queens power and authority over the kings and queens overcomers victorious ones royal priesthood holy nation chosen generation announce the virtues of the one that's brought you from darkness into marvelous light it's a yes and amen for you it's an a yes and amen for you it's a yes and amen for you yes and amen yes and amen yes and amen Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. 
We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.